One of the more fascinating things about yoga is that a lot of the poses stay the same. Right? Once you've done down dog and you've done it a thousand times, the pose doesn't really change, but you change. And your perspective and relationship and experience of that pose changes over time. And that is what self-study, svadhyaya, is all about, which we'll talk about today with the fourth niyama, svadhyaya, self-study, here today on the Yoga Teacher Training Podcast. My name is Jeremy Devins, and today I'll be sharing more about the eight limbs of yoga. And if you've been following this series and you want to download a free guide that breaks down all of these little lessons I'm sharing and practices that you can do to apply these teachings, go to quietmind.yoga slash eight limbs. The number eight, the word limbs, quietmind.yoga slash eight limbs. And you can get a free PDF guide that lists all the exercises that I'm sharing throughout this series and the sort of high level bullet points of what each of these yamas, niyamas, and the eight limbs of yoga are all about. quietmind.yoga slash eight limbs. And if you want to learn more about this, of course, it's built into everything I teach in my 10 core competencies and the Quiet Mind Yoga teacher training and the Quiet Mind membership, which you can learn more about at quietmind.yoga. So the Svadhyaya, self-study, this is one of the most important aspects of practice. No matter how flexible you are, how strong you are, how balanced you are, the Svadhyaya is more important than any of that. So when, one thing that you can do to start to practice this right away that I'll share is have a consistent practice or a sadhana, a daily practice that's the same. Because when you do something that's the same repetitively, consistently, with diligence and patience over a long period of time, that thing doesn't change, but you become much more aware of how you change and your relationship to that experience changes. So for example, one that I'll recommend that's very simple is just to set a 10-minute timer and sit in meditation. And some days you'll notice that you're very alert and focused and clear-minded. And some days you'll notice that you're more distracted and scattered and overwhelmed, anxious. Whatever it is for you, you'll start to notice your patterns because you have that constant and then you can notice the variable of your mind and the fluctuations of your mind, which we're always talking about in yoga is how to still the fluctuations of the mind. Yoga, Shitta, Vritti, Narodaha. This is the beginning of the Yoga Sutra, the main core teaching of all yoga, how to quiet the mind. And this is how I ended up naming my whole venture online and business and everything, Quiet Mind Yoga, because that's ultimately the goal. And if you can do a handstand and have a quiet mind and clear mind and not be anxious and distracted and dissociated from your body, that's yoga. But if you can do a handstand and you're just kind of showing off and you're not really feeling the pose and you're not really active and you just happen to be very strong and flexible, right, that's a whole different experience. That's just athletics, which is great, but it's not exactly what yoga is all about. So having a consistent practice, a sadhana, a daily practice, it could be, again, 10 minutes of meditation every day for seven days to start. So you need some sort of extended period to see what changes. And if you're more experienced, make it 30 days. More experienced, make it 90 days. You just have at least a container where you start and finish. It's, I'm going to go for 90 days, and then at that point, I'll reevaluate and maybe change it. But have a start and end point and a consistent thing that you do every day. And then you'll notice some days you avoid it or you don't want to do it or you just want to take a nap instead. Maybe something's draining your energy. Just having that one constant thing, even if it's only 10 minutes of your day, 
uh, helps you become far more aware of your patterns, your thoughts, your tendencies. And if you want to change something or adjust something, it comes from this place of sort of self-acceptance and awareness of not necessarily saying, oh, you know, I'm lazy and I'm a bad person. I can't meditate, right? That's not helpful. We want to notice those judgments and choose to pay attention to the still quiet voice within that says, it's okay, right? That same level of compassion and kindness and care that you would have for a friend or your partner, you can find that for yourself. If you just take a little time to slow down and just listen within of like, it's okay if you miss your practice. It's okay if you mess up. It's okay if you'd rather take a nap. It's okay if you're angry and frustrated some days. But you have this practice you can keep coming back to and you become more aware of those patterns. And now it's not like you're just unconsciously playing out these patterns and uh, you might just go through your you might go through months or years of just unconsciously, you know, your partner says something and every time it gets under your skin and you react. Or something happens with your finances or something unexpected with your family or something with the weather or the news or the media. And it just gets under your skin and you just have to react. And if you don't have these practices to become more self-aware, then those things just keep happening habitually. And in many ways, our, our brain likes automation. So if it learns, you know, if I touch this stove, it burns, don't touch the stove, and you never touch the stove again. And maybe at some point in your childhood you learned, if I express my feelings, I won't be heard, and I'll be shut down and told to not express my feelings, so I'm not going to express my feelings anymore. And those sort of learning uh, patterns, samskaras, the sort of habituated patterns of uh, maybe beliefs or ideas or thoughts of what we expect is going to happen, aren't always true. When we touch a stove and it's burning and it's hot, then we will get burned. But if we express our emotions to our partner, we probably won't get the backlash we received as a child. And we're not going to become aware of those things unless we have practices to be self-aware. So the first one I recommend is having a sod in a daily practice. It could be just 10 minutes of seated meditation. And then you start to become aware of these patterns. So the next step, the next suggestion I have is writing out your judgments and feelings about someone else. Now, I recommend doing this with people that you see in a negative light and a positive light. So write down all the things that irritate you, annoy you, piss you off about somebody or something. You know, that person is selfish and judgmental and critical and cynical. Uh, I don't like how they treat me. They're mean to me. They don't care about my feelings. Whatever it is, all those judgments get it out like let it come fully through you don't hold back and this exercise is so important to really amplify those feelings so you really get them fully expressed and no holding back of like yeah but they're they're nice and you know i'm just being mean like actually get it all the way out and one of my favorite teachers who's not necessarily a yogi but alex gray the artist would say you want to make your monsters visible and this is what he would do in his art he would just sort of draw out like his fears his anxieties put it into some sort of visual representation to get it out and make it visible and then you can actually engage with it but as long as it's hidden repressed or denied it will likely be exaggerated in others and this is the main teaching of carl jung the famous psychologist that has been a huge influence on me understanding your shadow Right? So that which is hidden, repressed, or denied in yourself will be exaggerated in others, and you'll judge people and vilify them for that. But ultimately, 
if you just do a little excavation and ultimately if you write down all these judgments you have that you don't want to say that you just i don't know if i should think that but in some way that's it's in there right and just kind of amplify it exaggerate it in yourself so you can see it on paper what are those judgments then the real work is to ask how am i that is that true for me am i ever in any way like this and at first you might say no way i would never be like that person i am so different than that that person is the complete opposite of me i would never think that way but if you do a little more excavation and every time that i've done this and i've worked with people and coaching to do this there is some truth in it and it's probably going to look a little different right maybe they are abusive to their spouse uh but maybe you're not abusive to your spouse you would never do that but you have some sort of internalized self abuse where you treat yourself that way or you know there's so many ways it could play out but there may be some way that those projections and, and those sort of uh amplified feelings you have for someone else are parts of yourself that you've disconnected from and you said no 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 that's not me that's them and it's not part of me so we're separate so we're going to disconnect and i'm going to push myself away from that person and this is ultimately coming back to the vedantic teaching in the old yogic texts of tatvamasi thou art that or i am you or you and i are the same or you and i come from the exact same source and modern understanding of it we're all made of the exact same carbon molecules from the big bang 13 billion years ago there's no separation right we're just all carbon molecules floating through space and we have different personalities and personas and if you look into the origin of the word persona or personality it means mask so we have these masks that we wear these identities that we hold I am a yogi. I am a daughter or wife or husband or son. These masks and identities that we can become very much attached to of that's who I am. I'm right wing or I'm left wing or I'm neutral, right? Even that, even I am neutral and I'm not going to be reactive and nonviolent. Even that can be an identity that we hold on to and it disconnects us from our true experience of life and connecting to others. So through swadhyaya through self study we write those things down we become aware of them and write down your judgments of other people and ask how am i that now sometimes this is actually the harder one this next suggestion is not to write down your negative judgments so once you've done that i recommend definitely doing that because there's usually a lot of personal growth available in that work the next would be to write down your positive judgments of someone else people you look up to mentors teachers people you idolize people you respect a lot people you want to be like what are their qualities what distinguishes them are they very consistent are they very compassionate are they loving do you watch how they interact and say i wish i could be like that i love the way this person treats that person i want to be more like that and write all those down just list them out fully express it amplify it exaggerate it in yourself of i would love to be like that i want to live my life like this person they're such uh an ideal example of what's possible and who i could be write it all down and then you know what's coming turn it around instead of it's about them it's about you 
Is it true for you? Is there some possible small way that you are like that, that you are consistent, that you are compassionate, that you are generous, that you are a good person and you care about others? Whatever positive qualities you see in others, and often these are more difficult to acknowledge. It's very easy to be self-critical. And just from a survival evolutionary standpoint, it's very natural to focus on what we need to avoid, right? It's much more compelling to say, well, I need to avoid that and that to survive versus uh, what can I do to thrive and what can I do to just keep flourishing and growing, right? And when we look at those projections of positive expressions on others, that's where we can find that direction to go of how we can positively grow and flourish, not what to avoid, but what to move towards. So this, again, tatvamasi, I am that, thou art that. There is an underlying sameness and our personality, our masks, will exaggerate, project, and see it externalized rather than internalized. And sometimes it's scary to acknowledge your power and your beauty and your discipline and what you have to offer. And it's easier to say, no, 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 I could never do that. Only they could do that. They're, they're special. They're different. They had different circumstances. They're better than me. And in a way, that's a self-denial. And that's not your true self. That's your personality. Because your true self has massive capacity and potential. Of course, if you're 47 and short, you're probably not going to join the NBA, right? There's realistic aspects to this of realistic limitations of what's possible in life, right? If you're 90 years old, you're probably not going to jump into the Olympics, right? I mean, you've never worked out in your life. Uh, but on a more energetic level, like can you become more compassionate in your lifetime? Can you become more forgiving? Can you become more patient and disciplined? Right? These more general qualities, absolutely. And do you have the capacity to love and forgive people who've hurt you? Do you have the capacity to be generous and care for others? Absolutely. And you can cultivate those things. And the first step to becoming more aware of what those things are for you is to look at your projections, your judgments of others, the positive judgments, as well as the negative. Now, the next thing I recommend for working with Svadhyaya, self-study, is memorizing uh, scripture, something that to you connects you to source. And one of my favorite ones is the Tao Te Ching. Uh, I love that. I've read it many times, listened to it many times, and it's just embedded in my brain. And when I meet certain circumstances in life, I, it just comes into my mind, like the soft overcomes the hard. If I notice that I'm in this sort of conflict of trying to be firmer and more resistant to another person's opinion or another person's personality. My personality is like, I'm right, you're wrong. Their personality is like, no, you're wrong, I'm right. right? So there's this clash and the Tao Te Ching that always comes to my mind of the soft overcomes the hard. So rather than being harder and fighting with that person uh, verbally, and I become softer and like, how can I see from their perspective? How is what they're saying 100% true and valid? Just as much as I want them to think what I'm thinking is true and valid, how can I give that to them? And by giving them that curiosity and understanding, maybe they'll give me the same, maybe not. I can't control that, but I can choose to become softer and more receptive, more open, right? And that's just one of the many things that I've learned from the Tao Te Ching. Another one uh, is actually, it says, 
uh, I'm like an idiot. My mind is so clear. And I think of that one a lot. If I think I'm getting too heady or too controlling or I've got all the answers, how can I be more like an idiot, more aloof, more open, more like a child or just like, wow, we get to be in this existence as humans, like really zoom out. Like we're just floating through space on a rock and we can have all of our interpersonal conflicts and ups and downs and fears and joys. But ultimately, it's like, what a gift. We get to be alive. We get to be here as humans for this short time. And when I zoom out, it's like not trying to be so smart, not trying to be so clever, not trying to have all the answers, uh, just being like an idiot of like, wow, look at this. Like we're, we get to experience this. And it sort of softens my ego and drops my persona a bit. So that's another example of the Tao Te Ching. But you might like the Bhagavad Gita. Right? One from the Bhagavad Gita I think about a lot is it's better to struggle and fail in one's own dharma than to succeed in the dharma of someone else. It's better to struggle and fail in your own dharma, your own path, than it would be to succeed doing what's meant for someone else. So be true to yourself. And this is something I come back to a lot too. Just remembering what's in alignment for me, what's really my path and what do I want to focus on rather than what I think I should or comparing myself or competing. Uh, I'll never likely probably won't be as flexible as some of the incredible acrobatic gymnastic type people you see on Instagram who can do everything with their bodies. Uh, but I can be more myself. I can be more centered and grounded. I can be more kind to my partner. I can be more patient in my life. I can share what I have to give and know that that's enough and trust in that process. So that's my little rant on svadhyaya, self-study. So again, number one is just having a sadhana, having some sort of practice that's a constant so you can observe the variables of your mind and your persona. And again, the persona is a mask that we wear. And the more we focus on a personality of I am this, I am that, the less we're connected to our true selves and connected to others. And I'll just give one more quick example. Of, I remember talking to one of my friends and I was like, you know, I just have a hard time working with people and maybe I just shouldn't work with other people. I should just do my own thing. And he's like, watch out and be careful. You know, he's not even a yogi, but he knows the more you identify with like, I just can't do that. That's not for me. The more you're cutting yourself off from life's experiences and possibilities and really expressing yourself. And imagine, I just sort of, Imagine my life getting smaller and smaller as I kind of push myself into a little bubble of I can't do this, I can't do that when he said that. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to challenge that belief. I'm going to test that belief. And maybe it's true. Maybe it's 100% true. And that's it. I just can't work well with other people. I need to do everything myself. Uh, and of course, I tested it and it's not true. And actually accomplish much more with the help of other people and working with people. So if you have those beliefs, challenge them, question them. Is that true? Can you test it? And that's like Byron Katie's work is very helpful as well. Is that true? And then again, number two is uh, listing out your judgments, positive, negative of other people and seeing how am I that? And then finally, memorizing scripture, whatever uh, scripture is to you. It could be the Bible, it could be Bhagavad Gita, the Yoga Sutra, the Tao Te Ching, like it is for me, whatever resonates with you. So I hope this is helpful for you in getting some perspective on how you can practice self-awareness, which is really one of the most important aspects of yoga practice. And just doing postures is like 15% of it. The postures are there to help us become more self-aware, more present and embodied. 
but ultimately the Svadhyaya is what we're really doing underneath all of that. So if you enjoy this, please subscribe on YouTube and Apple Podcasts or Spotify, wherever you listen to this podcast. Check out quietmind.yoga slash eight limbs, the number eight, the word limbs. You can get the free guide that walks you through all of these exercises I'm giving through this series. And you can check out the Quiet Mind Yoga Teacher Training and the Quiet Mind Membership, which are open at different times throughout the year. So they might not be open when you watch this, but they might be open. You can join the waiting list if it's not open. And I hope to see you there. I hope to hear your comments on the YouTube channel. And reach out to me at jeremy.quietmind on Instagram if you have any questions, feedback. I'd love to hear how Svadhyaya has changed and influenced your life. All right. Thanks for uh, checking this out today and joining me and hope you have a great rest of your day.